Room for one more at the front. Sorry? One more at the front. How can there possibly be room for only one more at the front? Well, there's three people on the front, so there's a spare seat there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's just rewind a bit, shall we? Why are there now three people at the front? Sir, if you could just get... They've on. pushed in! We've spent over an hour queuing specifically for the front, and they've pushed in! Sir... Get them off! Get them off and make them move! Fucking pushing in! Well, it doesn't matter. We'll sit at the back. Sir, if you... Are they so dumb they think it's OK to push in? Make them move! Shut up, you plum, and get on the ride. Sir, it's the last ride of the day. Please get on. Well, honestly, it doesn't matter. Just get on. Fine! Fucking fine! I'll just, I'll just get on! I'll just get on and sit at the front next to these inconsiderate assholes. I'm the worst human being in the world. Good afternoon and welcome to British Television Invasion, episode three. My name is Sean and I enjoy dressing like a Brazilian male prostitute. My name's Laura and I hate it when my tits fly out of my top on roller coasters at 70 miles an hour. Is that something that happens frequently? Because I <laughs> seem to recall you are not a roller coaster fan. Maybe that's why. I'm not why. a roller coaster fan, no. I used to be when I was little, but we'll, we'll talk about that when we get to the roller coasters. So how are you? I feel like it's been like 24 hours since the last time we talked. Yeah, it's not been long. I'm fine. I've In between our, our recordings, I managed to start the haunting of Hill House, which is fucking scary, uh, go to the cinema to see Littlefoot with my children, which was, that was terrible. And I seem to have developed a bit of a cold, so I'm drinking Lemsip as we record. Well, I would like to get a British television invasion movie review of Smallfoot before we're done with the episode. Yeah, don't worry, I'll give you one. <laughs> So, It'd be pretty concise, I can yeah, tell you. Yeah, it's fucking horrible, mate. <laughs> it was shit. <laughs> uh, at least it gave you time to work on a new logo for us. Yeah, exactly. I was just doing. Uh, I was doing Twitter mainly in there, and uh, and sending emails my from like my school email. I was like, I'm just going to catch up on my emails here. I just have this vision of like just people sitting in the back of movie theaters, just getting like hammered drunk while their kids laugh at the horrible shit that's on the tv or the movie screen i tell you that would be that would be brilliant like someone needs to make that cinema where they serve their adults alcohol to their seats because they would make a killing we have one of those in kansas city it's called sin yeah it's called cinetopia yeah they'll deliver beer right to your seat yeah we've got there's a few like fancy cinemas there's the everyman cinema which me and phil have been to without the children and they bring like a burger to you, and it's amazing. That like, it's great, but it's the tickets are expensive. Yeah, and the food is expensive, but it does make you feel quite yeah. shishy. Like you press a little button, and suddenly a waiter oh, pops yeah, up and is like, bring, "What would you like, sir?" Bring me a mojito. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, it. Definitely, it's worth the extra money on the tickets. We normally do it on our wedding anniversary. Yeah, the my problem is is that I tend to fall asleep in movies. So this. Oh, do you? No, I don't have that. Problem. Oh, I'm a horrible movie sleeper. Um, my dad is a horrible film sleeper. He can't he can't stay awake for the entirety of a film. It's he never has been able to. Yeah, it's I I honestly can't even remember the last movie I was able to stay awake the whole thing through. Shocking! No, I don't. I've never that's never happened to me. Well, that's only going to get worse, Taylor, because when you have the baby, you won't go to the cinema for like three years, and then when you do, it'll be to see something shit. It'll be uh, Smallfoot Three, Return <laughs> exactly, of the Bigfoot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I really, really, really fucking enjoyed this episode a lot. Yeah, it's a very good episode. Um, and uh, for anyone who's been to Thought Park as well, I think it's it's particularly funny because they sort of capture 
the mad the madness of Thor Park quite well. In a lot of these episodes, there have been little like pieces of episodes that remind me of my friends and I from high school. This is the first mm. episode where I was like, "Holy shit!" This was my friends and I from high school. This was us. Yeah. Did you? Is there a character that you think is you more than any of the others? Kind of as the series has gone on, I really feel like I'm kind of Simon. You think you're Simon? You're the everyman character. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think I've got elements of Will, but I'm not as much of an ass as Will is. So I, I think I'm like a cross between Will and Simon. I hope I'm more Simon, but I suspect I'm more Will. <laughs> yeah, I could kind of see myself being like a Simon-Will cross, but I also wasn't yeah. a really like a huge asshole like um, Will can be from time to time, but... I wasn't the level of, of, yeah, pain in the ass that Will is. I had a friend at uh, sixth form, he's still my friend now, uh, who was who was much more definitely Will. I was just had sort of some Will traits. Mm-hmm. I just, this episode, just the car, and I just remember that feeling of, like, your first friend that could drive, and that just feeling of, like, how fucking badass it was that you had a friend that could drive. See, this really passed me by. So we'll talk about this more when we get there, but I didn't have any friends that could drive because I lived in London and, and it's just not really a thing that teenagers really did. I guess I could see. I mean, yeah, I, I totally can understand that. I mean... Yeah, like a few did, but not any of my friends. And then I and then I went to university in the city as well. So it just wasn't... No one drove. One of my best friends in the military, he's from Chicago and he couldn't drive... And I just remember thinking that was like the weirdest fucking thing ever when he told me he couldn't drive and we were like 19 and he's like, yeah, I don't know how to drive. And I was like, the fuck? <laughs> well, see, I, so none of my friends really drove. So my best friend didn't drive. And, um, and then, yeah. And then like, no, none of my friends really drove. And then I, it was sort of normal. And my best friend's boyfriend drove and he would drive us around if we needed to be driven and then I got together with Phil and he was just like, you're 20, I was 24, you're 24 years old. Like, that's ridiculous. Get some driving lessons. And it was Phil really that kind of spurred me into driving. Yeah, he, um, I, I couldn't imagine like growing up and not having a car. Like it was just such a formidable part of my life. I mean, mm, mm. well, clearly it is for the in-betweeners as well. I mean, my girlfriend, I mean, I honestly think that probably the only reason I was able to date the girl I dated at the time was because I could drive. Yeah, I mean, it would have been really useful uh, to have a car to get off with people in. Like, there were a couple of relationships I had where the privacy of a car would have been great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was our primary mode of transportation everywhere, and... uh you know, yeah, I don't think that if I, I don't think if I had, if I hadn't been able to drive, I'm not 100% sure we would have ended up continuing to date. I'm not saying that she used me specifically for my car. I think she really liked <laughs> me, but I think the car was a huge benefit. Yeah, there's um, there's a great book that I, sorry, someone's driving. Jesus down Christ, are people fucking okay. street racing? <laughs> I don't know what that was. Um. I live on a main road, but it's quite quiet at the moment. I think he was just not obeying the speed limit. Um, I was going to say, there's a great book I recommend uh, called Where Did It All Go Right by Andrew Collins. 
and it's a it's a memoir of his childhood. Uh, he had a very happy childhood. It's sort of he says it's an antithesis to a misery memoir. And he then writes a sequel called Heaven Knows I'm Miserable Now about his teenage years. And he talks about that. He talks about how he had this girlfriend, Sally, and they were together for like three years. And he was pretty sure it was just because she loved the lifts. And when they broke up, like her main thing was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to miss you, but I'm going to miss the car more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That first time you do like a longer journey is... Yeah, I mean, like, for us here, it's the first time you go on the M25 and, like, that'll make a man out of you. But, um, you know, I, I avoided that for a long time, but now I just do it without thinking about it. But you forget how scary that first drive is. And for Simon in this episode, he does quite a significant drive, I think. Yeah, how far do you think this drive would have been? I think he would have had to go on the M25. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say it's probably not that far. They're probably on the west of London, but I think he has gone on the M25 for this. Okay, so how far do you think they like in a mileage oh you know do you know have you got statistics here for me no no i literally am just asking oh i reckon it was probably like i don't know 20 30 miles i reckon probably let's see here let me see if i can find he's he's driven from somewhere suburban to stains all right hold on a minute i have the address for simon's house uh yeah 20 six miles and yes they would have been on the m25 it would have been almost an hour trip yeah yeah that's what i suspected i don't think my parents would have been so cool with me driving this far being a very new driver my god i've been driving for nearly 10 years now adult woman with a mortgage and two kids and my dad still says don't go on the m25 take the long way yeah yeah i know right uh, if there's a way to get there without going on the highway, let's just do that instead. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So. This episode, I freaking loved, and I have to say, this would probably be, like, my new number one. This is your new number yeah. one? Yeah. So it starts off, then, with uh, the sort of story so far, yeah. doesn't it? Will narrates for us, like, a little montage uh, he says he's halfway through his first term at his new school and we see a little flashback to people uh, telling him he's got a nice badge on. And then he says it could have been, it could have been worse and then there's uh, Donovan saying he's going to get in. And he says he's met loads of new people, but best of all, no one's tried to fuck my mum yet. And there's a little montage of him asking people not to have a wank over his mum. <laughs> yeah. And he says, but unlike my old school, there were girls here. And we discover that the one thing Will knows about women is that they like guys who can drive and guys who can drive are a whole lot more attractive and we kind of talked about this a little bit but this was definitely a common school of thought amongst my group of guy friends as well and when i was in the military it also carried over because people who had cars were able to uh they were much more sought after than people without cars See, so my first significant relationship, and I've mentioned this before, was with uh, a guy who I'll refer to as Bob. That was not his name, but I need to protect the guilty. And he was far older than me, um, and he couldn't drive, and he still can't. Well, the, the last time I saw him and had a conversation with him, which was about 18 months ago, he still can't, and he's like 47. So I, I sort of had this situation where the person I was with couldn't drive, and I couldn't drive, and we were very much pedestrians. Wait, you talk, you've talked to the bin burner since the podcast started? Yeah, I, I bumped into him occasionally. Ah. I saw him, the last time I saw him was when Esther was probably about 
oh, probably about a year old, so probably about a year ago now, in Tesco's, and he was like, oh, your baby is beautiful. And I was like, please don't touch or talk to my baby. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking wrong <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. I Wow, I didn't realize that. That's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, so I was, I, I didn't have this, like, and I didn't, like, weren't many boys that could drive. The person, there was one girl in my sixth form, and she was, uh, I don't really know what the deal was. She'd been at private school in Wimbledon, and her dad's work, her dad was, like, something mad, like, the head of IBM. And that had meant that they moved to East London and she ended up in our sixth form and they were rich as fuck. And she had, she passed a test and her dad bought her like this brand new car. Oh. That at the time was like, was like the top of the range. It had like a built-in sat-nav and I, and she drove us somewhere and I remember being like, oh my God. But that was the only kind of time anyone drove me and I was like, this is amazing. But she was rich as God, so. I motherfucking hate people like that. Yeah, so unfair. And then she married a rich guy now, and she lives in some, like, castle in Germany. It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, the school that I went to was a very, uh, fairly wealthy school. and um, But it's weird because there was basically, like, half the school was from a, a fairly wealthy side of the town, and then the other half of the school was from a much more working-class side of the town. So I graduated in 99, so people either had, you know, like... A, a brand new 1999 car or they had like a 1979 Ford Skylark or something like that. Right. How old is your current car? Uh, well, my... Because I think I've got, a, I've got a pretty old car. <laughs> well, my car is, is new-ish. It's 2013. Ah, okay. Yeah, so you're like fancy pants over there. Phil's car is like 2012. My car is... 2002 is like geriatric well i my car got totaled in a my 2005 honda civic got totaled in a car accident and uh, of course that was like last year no it? no no it was um 20 i want to say it was like 2014 maybe 2015 oh was it you had a you got a new car like fairly recently oh uh, that was you, nicole since i've known you Ah, okay, you've got two cars. Yeah, Nicole totaled her car in May. Ah, uh, yeah. So, um, but uh, we see Simon in driving school, and this really reminded me of, like, Mark learning how to drive. <laughs> yeah, he's, um, Will says in his narration that as Simon was the oldest, his ch their chances of getting a car to impress the ladies rested on Simon's shoulders, and he's like, really nervous and the driving instructor tells him to gently, gently does it and Will says oh and he's stupid uncoordinated size 10 feet <laughs> uh, I love this you see Simon trying to parallel park and he tries to parallel park just like I do and uh yeah he says he just says he's not very good at parallel parking which is fair enough neither oh I'm, I'm fucking garbage at it too Nicole always laughs at me about it I'm, so in our test I don't know how your test works but we get one or used to it. I don't know if it's still the same, but when I took the test, you get one manoeuvre. Like, they ask you to do one manoeuvre and you pray for three-point turn because that's the easiest <laughs> one. And I got the three... I got three-point turn. And so I, I, I... I've never... I've never parallel parked. Sit Like, why would I? I'll just park further away. Like, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna do that to myself. Yeah, I... If, if I had to parallel park, I just will go find some someplace else. 
Yeah, exactly. I'd rather walk a mile. Like, just, <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> Nicole laughs at me because she's good at parallel parking and I'm not. And so when we were in the city, oh, really? um, like last night, we were in the city trying to find parking and I found a spot that I had to parallel park in. But it was nice because there was no front car. So I was able just to pull parallel with the car or curb and then just back up. Yeah, that's the best. If you can do that, then I'll happily parallel park. If I've got to get between two cars, no. Yeah, fuck that. that. Um, yeah. We see kind of the rest of the crew and they start laughing at Simon and Jay shouts out. You know, he holds out his cell phone and he says, Sai, it's me, Nan. She wants to know if you need some help parking. The driving instructor kind of sticks up for Simon and uh, he says, okay, it's not easy. Simon goes to start uh, trying to parallel park again. And as he does, he just slams into the car behind him and the driving instructor's like, oh shit, oh shit, throw it in first. Let's get the fuck out of here. And they start like driving off and Will's like, shouldn't you leave a note? And the driving instructor just says, no, we're we're driving off quickly now. Drive, drive. <laughs> and I just, I laughed so goddamn hard at the driving instructor teaching Simon how to commit a hit and run. I thought that was so yeah. funny. Um, it's the look on his face when when Simon's like, "Should we leave a note? No, let's just keep going." Um, so Will says in his narration, it looked like it might be quite some time before we were picking up girls in a car, yeah. and we cut to the common room at school. Um, Neil and Jay are talking, and Neil says, uh, "Neil comes in and he says he's just had the best lesson ever." Jack Stevens dropped his ruler next to Miss Tim's and when she bent over to pick it up, I saw a load of leg on the way down and a little bit of tit on the way up. And Jay's, Jay's being typically pervy, says, oh, you lucky get. Um, and Neil says, yeah, that's something for the visual wank bank. Yeah, which cracked me up because this is something that all men have, but that internet porn has rendered pretty much useless. Yeah, not needed anymore. You can get it on your yeah. phone. <laughs> I don't know anything about that, Laura. What, you can? That's disgusting. <laughs> Oh, that's, yeah, you don't do that, of course, obviously, but, and I don't know anyone who would, but I hear you can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We then see Simon, he's got the highway code open, and Will says he thought that he'd passed the written test, which Simon says he has, but he's got his practical tomorrow, and he thinks that it might give him a few tips. Um, And Jay, it just says, I don't think there's a section on how to be a whiny little bitch, and Simon's like, yeah, brilliant. Uh, I love Um, that. Will then says, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Will then says if they pass, if he passes, they could go on a road trip. Um, Simon, in typical Simon fashion, says we could do, we could see what Carly's doing and go somewhere with her. And Jay's just, yeah, Jay just dismisses this immediately. He's got no time for it. Yeah, this. he says that cars are a mobile pulling machine. Forget about Carly. Forget about all the girls at the school. There's just a whole world of pussy out there. And what really cracks me up <laughs> is there's like these three girls sitting in the background, and then just look at Jay like he's disgusting. And yeah, we uh, there's there's always a lad like that that and I, you know the girls are like, what, do you think this is do you think this is making you attractive? Because it really isn't. Will says that Jay is right, although he expresses it like a terrible misogynist, and Jay takes this as a compliment and just says thank you. Um, Neil <laughs> yeah. asks, why don't you guys just come to Thorpe Park? There's always loads of birds there, and then he mentions that they can get them free tickets and. Then we find out that Neil has a job working at Thorpe Park that he never told any of the other boys about. Yeah, they're all surprised uh, that he works there. Jay asks if he works there mopping up the stick. Neil does say he does mop up some sick. Uh, but Simon says, how come you never mentioned you worked at Thorpe Park before? Neil says when he used to work at Asda, no one cared about that, uh, which I guess is Neil logic that makes sense. Yeah. Um, Jay 
asked Jay asked Neil if his dad needs the money. And Neil says, no, my dad doesn't need the money. And Simon says, oh, but paying for Rent Boys can't be cheap, Neil. And they continue to get into this conversation about the sexuality of Neil's dad. And um, Neil says that his dad's not bent. Jay says, why? He's paying for Rent Boys. Neil defends his dad and said, no, he's not. And Simon asks, oh, are they giving him freebies? <laughs> yeah. Um, Will says, I think we should lay off Neil for a bit. Uh, because, you know, Neil has got possibility of getting into them into Thorpe Park for free and he says Neil do you know that Thorpe Park has one of only two pulley launched coasters outside of North America and uh, Neil says he doesn't know and Will says well it's true that really surprised me <laughs> if that's a true fact and uh, I have no reason yeah, to think it's not but that really surprised me yeah I, I guess maybe they don't I mean like where else would they be in Europe there's not like Europe's not known for its theme parks is it really so yeah I, I guess it's just weird because i would say almost every state in the union has a minimum of one amusement park in it yeah it's weird we, i mean we've got a few but they're all like really in london or like in within the m25 simon says he doesn't know if his dad will let him go and Jay just wants to know what's that got to do with your dad and simon says that he's paying for my car he might not let me do long journeys yet and Jay, he just, you know, surely he'll want you to get sucked off by a little lovely on the teacup ride. <laughs> <laughs> it just, Jay is um, just unrelenting. Hers. It just, it's so goddamn funny, but oh my God, he's just so unrelenting. He really is like, um, he's like a, a lad's mag come to life. That's what he is. It's just like everything he says could be in a lad's yeah. mag. Uh, Simon wants to know if there's really loads of girls there and Neil says oh yeah sometimes on the rides their boobs pop out you only get a split spe- split second of tit because they're going about 70 miles an hour but it's still good though and we'll s- I am um, oh no, sorry, no go ahead I feel like this might be something I was say, interesting I, I, I went on in the summer I went on a roller coaster it was Sadie's first roller coaster she was just tall enough to be able to go on one that was like proper and you put the thing over you and it goes upside down. And I was wearing like a summer, quite a flimsy summer dress. And I was very aware as we were going upside down that like potentially one of my tits <laughs> was going to fall out of this dress. And I was just like holding the top of my dress upside down thinking, I'm terrified this is awful and I'm worried my boobs are going to fall out. <laughs> God, that's so funny. <laughs> I guess I never realized that that is a very real and pressing concern. Yeah, it's a problem. Um. Will says that this is perfect. Simon passes his driving test, drives them to Thorpe Park. Neil gets them in for free. I get to ride. Jay interjects a man's cock in the bushes. And Will <laughs> looks at Jay kind of with a stern look and says, the nemesis inferno. This is going to be awesome. And Simon says, if I pass my test. And Jay is Jay has, you know, not hearing any of this. And he just says, roller coaster and tits. This is going to be brilliant. <laughs> Um, Will then says in his narration that despite their excitement we knew it would take a miracle for Simon to pass his test but miracles often come in unlikely packages this next bit oh my god it's so funny it's so fucking creepy it's so fucking funny though (laughs) Uh, basically Simon is there for his driver's test his driving sector Tracy is this kind of like I don't know what would you say she is like 30 
35 maybe 40 yeah like late 30s like yeah late 30s early 40s like and she's a bit of a cougar i think yeah she's she's like kind of shorter she's a little bit bigger she's kind of plain looking and she is just like completely hitting on on simon and uh you know she says she asks simon if he's feeling nervous and he says yeah i'm a bit nervous and she goes well uh, you know, I'm going to ease into it. Now, for the first part of the test, all you've got to do is sing out the registration plate of that blue car. And she goes behind him and she starts rubbing his shoulders while he's, like, reciting the license plate. And he screws it up and he's all worried. And she says, you know, you get a pass on that one for having such pretty eyes. She gets in the car. She, like, puts her hand on his leg and she asks if he has a, boy- a girlfriend. And he's like, uh, is that part of the test? um she's she's really good at like the creepy thing she she later she's one of those actresses that she sort of pops up in things i don't know what her name is but she later pops up playing basically the same part in cuckoo which is uh, another greg davis sitcom which i heartily recommend it's very funny um and she just always plays this kind of like cougary part um i also remember being very worried about that bit in the driving test where you have to read out the number plate and I thought you had to do it just like, oh, naturally, I didn't realize I could wear my glasses. So I really struggled. <laughs> and the driver, the examiner was like, do you wear glasses? Because you can put them on. And I was like, oh, OK, if I can wear my, my glasses, then it's fine. I can definitely do it. Um, yeah, as the, as they're in the car, she's like really, really, really rubbing his leg. Like she's getting pretty close to balls. And um, <laughs> Simon tries to start the car and stalls it and you know she tells him to relax and uh he says well you know yeah your hand on my leg's not really helping with my nerves actually and she just gets all like kind of indignant and she says you know if you don't want my help you've only got to say but trust me i know how difficult <laughs> this test can be and simon just doesn't say anything and she says good boy you steer i'll do the pedals that's the tricky <laughs> bit and Will just says, Simon never did tell us what happened on his driving test. <laughs> I think, I don't know if I've told you this before, but when I did my driving test, I um, the examiner had the same surname as me. Not the surname I have now, but my, my maiden name. And um, and we spent the whole test like talking about our what we knew of our ancestors and where they'd come from. Um, we both had ancestors that had come from over from Germany. And... Um, and he was like really getting into this. And I remember thinking at one point when we had to go the dual carriageway, mate, like, could you stop talking about genealogy? Like, this is very interesting, <laughs> but I'm trying to trying to pass a fucking test here. <laughs> oh, that's so but funny. Phil reckons I only passed. I only passed because we were related is what he always says. Uh, you know, what's weird is I, I really don't remember like ever having this. Because um, uh, I went to driver's ed in school. So I like, I took a driver's ed class and I guess maybe because I took the class, I didn't have to do this practical driving test, but I never had to do this practical driving test. Oh really? It's just, it's awful. Like when you think about it, it's so not the best way to test people's ability to drive because there's so much pressure. Like I did. So normally you do like a lesson before your test. And so I did like a two hour lesson and then he, like we ended up at the the test center and i went straight into the test and it's just it, it's it's nerve shredding in the extreme it's horrible yeah i can imagine 
there's so much pressure, you know, and you're only allowed, <laughs> I can't remember what it is now, but you're only allowed so many minors and then you're not allowed any majors. And you're more than aware of when they've got like a clipboard <laughs> and you're very aware of when they're putting the minors down. So like, as you're doing like, cause you know, cause they're things like, like I think one of my minors, I got two minors and one of them was that I, I, I either went or stopped on an amber light and I knew what I'd done and seeing him write it on the fucking sheet was not making me feel any less nervous about it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I honestly don't remember. I, I'm I'm positive that I had to do something like that, but I'm pretty sure it was with my, my driver's ed instructor. And I had mm. been driving with my driver's ed instructor because I think my entire driver's ed program was probably like two months, something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I think that I was just probably so familiar because we only had, we basically had like three different teachers and then the class was split amongst the different teachers. And so you had the same, when you were actually out driving, you had the same person every time you would go out driving. Right. And okay. Yeah. That sounds like, so we have like a driving instructor who's the same person that you have all the time. Yeah. Um, so we find out that in the next scene that Simon passed his test and that uh, it was the first time he passed. So he, apparently his little brother owes him a Nintendo DS and Simon just snatches his (laughs) DS out of his brother's hand. And then it instantly vanishes from his hand in the next seat in the very next scene. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know where he puts it. Um, His mum says that they knew that he would pass and his dad is just bringing around his new car. Simon's so pleased and, um, he says that he, his mum says that it's a Fiat or something. It's not new. It's second hand. Simon says, "Doesn't matter. Like this is brilliant. I'm so excited." And then he a, a horn honks, and we see this new car, and it is yellowest yellow you can imagine. Yeah, it is quite a car. And <laughs> in Simon's opinion, he goes from very happy about this car to very like, "Oh my fucking god!" about this car pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, he dances. It might not look much, but it's a great little runner. But Simon does not look convinced about this. What was your first car, or did we talk about this already? Uh, no, I don't know if we did. Uh, my first car was a red Escort. So being an Essex girl, it was imperative at some point in my life that I had to drive an es- full Escort, and it was bright red. And I called her Emma. What, what was your was first it a car? manual or an automatic? It was an auto. Ah, uh... I could I could only drive an auto. So, very first car that I ever had was a 1981 a Mitsubishi. Oh, a Galant. Galant, 1981. Uh, maybe it was newer than that. I don't know. It was awesome, but it was a standard, and I had to learn how to drive a standard. And I bought it from my uncle for, like, $100. Yeah, my car was, I remember distinctly, £325 I paid for it. Uh, and then it went, through its, it went through its MOT once, and then the next time it was, like... Basically, it would have cost more than the car was worth to repair. So she went to the big scrapyard in the sky. Um, but we find out that another reason that they bought this particular car for Simon is because it won't be able to go fast enough for them to actually kill themselves. Simon doesn't want it, but his dad says, you know, come on, it's a special edition. It's a Hawaii. I bet your schoolmates will think it's cool. And Simon is just having like none of this shit. He says he can't go to school in it. His mom comes up next to him and says, well, if I was a girl, I think whoever drove this was pretty, pretty trendy. Simon asks. 
Yeah, and she says trendy in such a way that makes it sound like the least trendy thing of all time. Yeah. Simon says, are you trying to wind me up? Why are you saying these things? And uh, Simon's mom points out a really good uh, point that he should be a bit more grateful, to be honest. Yeah, and then he looks inside it and he says, oh, Christ, it's got a... Uh, a tape deck and these mums like that's good and he's like no it's not you can't even buy tapes anymore <laughs> yeah but you could get one of those cool tape adapters for your for a disc for a, like a discman well, that's the um that's the thing is that so i've got a tape deck in my car what? and i resisted yeah i've got a tape deck in my car and i resisted having it changed into something else because you can get the cool tape on a wire so i just plug my phone into that works as free <laughs> Phil's got Bluetooth, but that he's he's always battling with his Bluetooth. It drives him mad. Tape tape on a wire works perfectly. Do you like ska or reggae music? Uh, no, well, not especially. I don't hate it. Oh, okay. Because I've I found a tape cassette of ska music from that a girlfriend <laughs> made for me in like 1993. <laughs> and I'm the only person in the whole world you know who could possibly play it. Now. When my wife and I were cleaning up the bedroom to turn it into the nursery, she looks at me and she's like do you want to keep this tape cassette? And I was like, yes. She goes, well, who has a tape player? I was like, I don't fucking know. I'll figure something out. <laughs> um, so uh, Simon's mom ac- accuses Simon of being very melodramatic. And, you know, his dad's like, oh, why don't you go show Will? I bet he'll be jealous. Uh, Simon's little brother's like, yeah, I'll bet he'll be really jealous of how yellow it is. And his dad says, be careful, this is the most valuable present you ever get. And Simon just says, oh, I fucking hope not. And I swear to God, if my child is ever this ungrateful about a car, I'm just going to take the car back. Fuck that. Fuck you. Yeah. Like. Yeah, me too. Little little asshole. Uh, I didn't need to get you a car, yeah, but I did because I, I love you. I don't think I was that. Um, I don't think I was that ungrateful as a kid. I had my moments, but I don't think I would have been like that. Yeah, I don't think I would have been either. Um, next scene, we see Will. We're at Will's house, and Simon is driving his car over there. Will, in narration, says, Well, good news was that Simon had passed. The not-so-good news was bright and yellow and parked in my driveway. And Will is trying to be like, you know, uh, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, he's, try- he's trying to see the positives in it. Oh, hang on, Esther's crying. Um, so, yeah, he Will says that, you know, it's not about the car. He says, yeah, it's the Cinque Tento Hawaii, but it's also freedom. It's the possibility of driving our own destiny. We can be what we want now. Push our lives literally in the direction we want them to. And then he sees the tape deck and is like, oh, Christ, is that a tape deck? <laughs> and see, I'm, a, I'm much more a Will here where I say a car is a car and a car is freedom regardless of how fucking old it is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, Will says, yes, it's a Cinquecento Hawaii. Cinquecento chin, Cinquecento, yeah, thank you. At this point, Mark Donovan and his friends kind of show roll up, and Mark Donovan just says, uh, check out the Bender Mobile, and one of his other friends is like, it looks like a pedo's car. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Will says he's just jealous because his family haven't discovered fire yet. At which point Donovan says, you, you fucking what, Cooper? And he's like, nothing. And then uh, Polly, Will's mum, walks outside and, and Donovan becomes this charming young man who is is really polite and says, hello, Mrs. McKenzie. Yeah, yeah. It's really cracks me up the way that like Mark 
Mark just goes out of his way to be nice to Will's mom, but it's solely because he thinks Will's mom is hot. Yeah, it's um, it's really funny because everyone as well like knew that kid at school who was a complete dick, but managed to put it together so adults thought they were nice. Um, Polly asks if this is his car to Mark, and he says no, it's Cooper's, and she says, oh, shame about the colour, Simon. And uh, Will just, like, cuts the dead and says, right, Mum, we're going to go to Thorpe Park and we're running a bit late, so we should probably get going. And she immediately is like, Thorpe Park? Like, on roller coasters? Is it safe? Are you going to be all right? Yeah, and uh, Will's like, yeah, it's incredibly safe. And Will's mum continues and says, oh, won't you be frightened? You cried when you went on the ghost train. And Will is, uh, uh, (laughs) Mark and his friends just start laughing at Will. And he's like, I was five years old. And she says, I'm just worried about you, Pedal. Oh, I should just get you a jumper. And she goes inside the house and Will just starts yelling at Simon. And he's like, go, drive, 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 go, 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 before she gets back. <laughs> Will, in his narration, says that Simon's dad needn't have worried. There was no danger of him getting up enough speed to kill himself, <laughs> despite the fact that the thought part would be shutting in a few hours. Um and Jay is saying, oh, where's your new car? And Simon says, oh, it's just around here. And then he sees it and he says, fuck me. Do you get a free Barbie when you buy one of those? And then he shouts out, shotgun. And Will says, after you, like, to get him in the back. And Jay says, I called shotgun. And Will's like, what? And Jay says, shotgun, it means I get the front seat. And Will's like, in what way could that possibly mean you get the front seat? Which really made me laugh because I wasn't aware of shotgun until I was quite old and I thought exactly the same thing. Oh, see, this was something, shotgun was like sacred amongst my friends and I. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it, it passed me by. Yeah, you would get things like all-time shotgun. You know, see, like, you didn't have to keep claiming it, day. you know, Stop after stop, you just claim like all day shotgun, and usually whoever had cigarettes was the one that was in shotgun because they were usually handing out cigarettes to the rest of us. Ah, time has passed. So we are in the car. I think this is where we left off. This is going to be a really smooth transition in case it's not. Um, (laughs) so Will is narrating and he says, So we had a car, it was a shit car, but it was still a car. And all we needed now was some girls. And lucky for them, Jay spots a car full of muff just right in front of him. Yeah, he says, pull alongside him, Si. And Simon says, he can't. He's not turning left. It's against the highway code. And Jay says, we'll just beep him then. And Simon says, no. And Jay says, don't be such a pussy. And he honks the horn and shouts out, hello, lovely. And says, follow him. And then yeah. Simon says, all right, I suppose. But then stalls the car. <laughs> Uh, Jay is not happy about this and he calls Simon a dickhead and says oh they're getting away and Will just says Jesus it makes you sound like we're about to attack him and Jay is upset that they lost the muff wagon and uh, Simon (laughs) asked what they were going to do anyways follow them until they were forced to drive to a police station (laughs) and Jay says they love it it's called flirting Um, and he says if you didn't drive like an old woman we might catch up with them and Will says it is terrifying unsolicited form of flirting i know it's like in this new environment that we live in now since this episode came out it'd probably be like uh sexual harassment i was gonna say definitely sexual harassment um so uh simon says he's not gonna risk his neck for some random girls and jay says he'd give his left bollock for him so get a fucking move on (laughs) and will says oh look there they are up ahead and jay says yeah we caught up with them and simon's just like getting really stressed with the driving will tells him there's a space and he can pull out 
and Simon says it's not safe and Jay's getting cross and then Will just says Thought Park's going to be closing and we need to like do this and Simon just explodes and says like fuck off I've just passed my test I'm not going to crash because you twats can't wait two minutes and I really feel for Simon at this moment because that first time you drive after you pass your test is really nerve-wracking anyway yeah I agree with him right here like fuck off fuck them just <laughs> drive at your own speed man yeah exactly they then con- continue to argue about whether there's a space and um, Simon then is forced to pull out into the procession of a funeral <laughs> and is a car stuck behind the behind the hearse. And Jay says, why are they going so slowly? And Will says sarcastically that, yeah, it's almost as if they don't want to see their dearly departed fly out on the back onto the A320. <laughs> and Simon says, like, oh, God, this is awful. And Will's narration says that it really wasn't a great start to our first trip. And knowing our luck, they're, being, they're going to be burying him at Thorpe Park. It's fair to say overtaking dead bodies was not Simon's strong point. I love this little part, too, where you see Simon, like, he's, like, zipping out, trying to pass. But then he's got to, like, dodge back in. He keeps, like... <laughs> you can't you can't pass a hearse, can you? It's just you've got to just, you've got to just go with yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, so finally they get to the Thorpe Park parking lot. Jay is upset that they lost the the muff and they were giving us the come on and simon is just like yeah yeah whatever jay they were driving away as fast as possible and jay says they wanted us to chase them but it's hard to chase when you can't go over 30 and um yeah will tries to point out the sunny side and says look it's all about the roller coasters and simon got us here safe and simon says he thought it was about me passing my test and will's like yeah yeah we're celebrating that as well but mainly it's about the nemesis inferno and Jay says, no, today's about tits, and we are in luck. <laughs> and we see the car full of girls, and uh, Jay starts yelling, park quickly, you dickhead, and Simon is, like, having trouble parking, and Jay's just like, fuck this, and he opens the door, and as he does, Simon backs up and just shears his fucking car door off the side of his car. I would yeah, punch Jay in great. his fucking face if I was Simon. Yeah, Will says very understatedly, your dad's not going to be very pleased, is he? And Simon's like, oh my god, like I've only had this car a day. What, what, what am I going to do? My dad's going to go mental. I've got to get this fixed. But Will is still thinking about the roller coasters. And Simon says he doesn't care. He needs to get it fixed. And Will says, but Simon, we've come this far. And then Jay mentions that Neil's sister's boyfriend is a mechanic, so he can fix it. Yeah, and this is the first mention we have of Neil's sister's boyfriend, who becomes a much-discussed character this episode. And Will says, that's fine then, we'll go and find Neil, his sister's boyfriend will fix the car, and your dad will be none the wiser. We've come all this way, so we might as well go and enjoy the rides. But Simon's thinking about his car, like, obviously. I don't blame him. And Will says, no. And Simon says, like, look at me, I guarantee the Nemesis Inferno will cheer you up. And Jay says, yeah, all those lovelies, they're in here with their, their tits and that. <laughs> and uh, Will says, come on, we'll, we'll come and find Neil for you. Oh. <laughs> and um, and they oh. end up carrying the car door. And Simon's worried someone's going to nick the car door. And Will says, we'll take it with us. They'll definitely have a place to store it. <laughs> Jay is just, like, unrelenting. His just tits are just his only, like mission in life all all he thinks about is tits and i i knew this i knew these teenage boys when i was a teenager i remember them all too well i'm sure i was like this too but man it not all the boys were i mean there was a boy so there was a boy who was the friend of my boyfriend when when i was in sixth form um he was the boyfriend was the same age as me we were in the same year so we were all like 16 17 and i remember once 
I was wearing my school uniform for fuck's sake. Like we had to wear a uniform in sick form. And he was always like, just always, like Jay, just always saying pervy things. And it was winter. And I remember coming in from the cold and I was wearing like a shirt and I think he could see my nipples. And he, he was like, it was like I'd walked in naked. He was just like a, like practically like came and like licked me. And he was like, oh my God, like, is it cold out there? I can see your nipples. And it was like, what is wrong with you? Like, take, dial it down a notch. <laughs> it can't be good for you having, like, this much horn in your body all the time. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe if, like, uh, maybe if, uh, I probably would have been staring. I mean, not at you in particular, but just, like... At any female. At yeah, anyone. but, like, but don't be a bit, like, be a bit subtle about it, mate. Don't, like, you're not coming across well here. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I would have, like been open staring eyes open jaw on the floor or anything no it was like his eyes were practically popping out of his head i mean he's a he's a he's a solicitor now with two children so that's weird in itself <laughs> but like he was he was a proper J character oh that's so funny um <laughs> so they're at the the thorpe park entrance and this poor guy behind the ticket desk is like, oh, we have a baby changing and disabled access for limited rides. And Will just looks at me. He's like, yeah, that's not really what I meant, though. And <laughs> the poor guy says, but we don't really have any anywhere to store car doors. And Will just turns around and says, yeah, they don't have anywhere to store car doors. And Simon says, I knew it. Fine. We'll take turns carrying it then. Jay just is like, I'm not carrying it. And Simon says, fuck not carrying it. You're paying for it as well. <laughs> And Jay just looks so incredulous about this and just says, me? Why? And this is one of Jay, my favorite traits about Jay is just he just never admits when he's wrong. It's always somebody else's fault. And Simon says he ripped it off and Jay says, but you reversed. And Simon's like, yeah, but you're the one that ripped the car door off. And there's a little interesting little Easter egg, or I shouldn't say Easter egg, but there's like a little production gaffe here where the door, the damage to the door should have been on the inside of the door. But when you look at the door as Simon is carrying it, you clearly see dents on the outside of the door. Uh, someone's just hit it with a hammer, basically, yeah. to make it look damaged. Yeah. Will tries to say, all right, you know, let's not argue. Let's just get in there and, and have some fun. And Jay just will not let it go. And he says, well, if you could just park properly, this wouldn't have happened. And Simon just says, well, I'm the only one that can drive, so you can fuck off. Yeah, and then Jay says he can drive. He took the army driving course when he was 10. And Simon says, bollocks, you still wet the bed when you were 10. And Jay says, yeah, I wet your mum's bed with my spunk. <laughs> uh, uh, Jesus, he really just is relenting, uh, unrelenting. It's very funny. Yeah. Um, so they walk into Thorpe Park. Um, and the way Thorpe Park, interesting fact about Thorpe Park, Thorpe Park is technically on an island. So it's like a, it's like a little... You have to cross a river. There's like a bridge. You cross a river to get into the park and it's actually on a little island. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of um, Thorpe Park right now. Yeah, on the, um, it is technically, it's an island and like there's water surrounds it and you walk over this bridge and this is where they're walking here. Ah, okay. And Will says, well, yeah, Will says, when we got into Thorpe Park, I realised it had been worth ruining a dignified man's funeral. <laughs> it was amazing. We may have lost the, t the tits, but the roller coasters are still in our sights. But first up, we had to find Neil, if only to stop Simon from bitching about his car. Yeah, and Jay and Simon are still going back and forth about whose fault it is, who's going to pay for what. And um, all of a sudden, a guy in a monkey suit comes running out, and he's like, 
yelling, uh, it hurts. Will is concerned and asks if he needs help. Uh, the guy in the monkey suit just like flops down on the ground and starts looking like he's having a seizure. And he just says, he's just yelling, help, help, not up my nose, not my nose. And Jay thinks that the poor fucker's gone mental. And then <laughs> the guy in the monkey suit rips the helmet off and is just yelling, it's a wasp, it's a wasp. And we find out it's Neil under the cuff, uh, the monkey suit and a wasp has somehow got into his suit. Um, they're all now in the locker room and Neil is is tending to his wasp, wasp things. Um, and Simon says, Neil, I need to talk to you about your sister's boyfriend. And then we see that Neil is completely naked. <laughs> yeah, which was great because I had this paused and I was talking to Nicole and Nicole's like, what the fuck are you watching? Because <laughs> you get a nice... You get a nice view. I, I shouldn't even say it's a nice view, but you get a nice view of Neil's ass. Just yes, out there in um, front of God and everybody. Yeah, and Will says he really doesn't think it's a good idea to be naked if you're working with kids. <laughs> what is going on in there? It sounds like she's in wrestling her. Um, yeah, it really doesn't think it's a good idea to be naked if you're working with kids. And Neil says, but Mr. Monkey isn't naked. He's got a waistcoat on and a hat. And Will's like, not Mr. Monkey, Neil. You, you're naked in the suit. I love how just wonderfully innocent neil is yeah he's so naive he's, and ridiculous yeah he's borderline thick but he's just he's so genuine like he just really everything everything comes from a place of goodness on neil and i fucking appreciate I'm gonna that put it, yeah i'm gonna put it out there and say he's the kindest in between i think his intentions are the purest yeah i agree 100 percent. he never really seems to be you know vindictive or anything like that you know, no, he's a good person. He just doesn't want them making um, fun of his he, dad. No, no, but he says that he's got some stings and he needs someone to put cream on them. the worst ones are on his back and his ass. At which point, Jay says, Fuck that, you're not going to stay here and finger Neil's ass if you want, but I'm off to find a clunge. Is clunge, uh, is that an actual word that you've heard before? So, the I have heard it amongst teenage boys, but the in between has made it probably mainstream. And uh, I very memorably to Phil uh, wasn't sure how it was pronounced when we were talking once uh, and I said is it clunge and so now we call it clunge in our house <laughs> I think she must be having like a nightmare or something oh poor kid I really enjoy this part where uh, Neil goes to open his locker to get his clothes and he's like oh they've gone and done it again <laughs> they've nicked me clothes and Simon is just like what? where would they put them and Neil's like Oh, those jokers. Last time they burned them. And Simon is like, burned them? What the fuck? And Neil just says, oh, I can just get something out of the lost property bin. There's always stuff from there. And he bends over by the lost property bin and just sticks his asshole literally like inches away from Neil's nose or uh, Will's nose. Yeah. Um, Will says, please hurry up. We can't go on the roller coaster if you're naked. Um, and then as he bends over, Will in his narration says, with the stench from Neil's ass still hot in my nostrils, we headed for Nemesis. Yep. And we finally get to the Nemesis Inferno. All right. So yep. here it is, Laura. The big question. What mm -hmm. Guinness Book of World Records does the Nemesis Inferno have? Is it like most number of loops on a roller coaster in Europe or something like that? Most Am I along the right line? No, you're not even close. Oh, okay, go on. The most naked people riding a roller coaster at the same time. 
Oh my god, imagine what that would look like. If I can't keep my tits in my top when I've got a bra and a dress on, what would those boobs have looked like on that roller coaster? I don't know, but apparently 81 people wrote the Nemesis Inferno simultaneously <laughs> nude. <laughs> I've I've been on the Nemesis Inferno probably after that happened. So I've sat on the seat where someone's naked ass at the bit. I'm not happy about that. <laughs> that is horrible. That is has upset me. <laughs> in 2004, Thor Thorpe Park approached Guinness World Records to set the record for most naked people on a roller coaster. In May 2004, 81 students took part in the record, which was set at 28, the number of seats on a single Nemesis Inferno train. In August 2004, Nemesis at Alton Towers broke the record with 32 riders. Okay, so it wasn't 81, but 81 people, but it was just 28 at a time. So. Well, that's ridiculous. That is. Yeah, I've definitely been on it since then. So brilliant. I've sat on one of those seats. Yeah. Somebody's butthole was right where you were sitting. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. <laughs> um. So we find out that Jay has seen the clunge headed towards Nemesis and Will says, oh, it sounds like they're thrill seekers. And of course, Jay has to put his two cents in and says, well, I hope they're cock seekers too. And <laughs> Simon just is, you know, oh, Neil, I really need to speak to you about my car. Your sister's boyfriend works in a garage, doesn't he? And Neil says, yeah, yeah, he does. And Simon wants to know, will he be working tonight? And Neil says, yeah, yeah, he works most evenings. And Will just is like, perfect, yep, that's sorted. Park's about to close, so we'll go on Nemesis now, and we can deal with the car later. Definitely go on Nemesis now. Uh, at this point, Will's phone rings. Yes, and uh, Will's phone rings, and it is his mum. And he says that he got a text, be safe, he's not crying. Uh, and uh, he, he thinks to himself that the, or oh, the narration, he says that the only terrifying experience he'd had all day was seeing Neil's cock and balls. But now the Nemesis Inferno was tantalizingly close. Yeah. And as they walk up there, um, we hear, um, we hear like the barker and he's like, this is your last chance to queue for Nemesis Inferno. And Jay is upset because the queue is an hour. And Will says, that's nothing. I waited three hours for the Indiana Jones ride at Disneyland Paris. And Jay just tells Will that he's mental. So I just wanted to ask, what is the longest you have ever waited in a, in a line at an amusement park? Oh, probably like an hour and a half, two hours probably for like, I'm trying to think. So I queued for a long time for Space Mountain at, at, at Disneyland, mm -hmm. wherever it is, the one in Florida. Um, I've, I queued a fair amount of time for the Nemesis Inferno. Probably like again an hour and a half. I don't think I've ever queued any longer than that. What about you? Uh, longest I think that I ever queued for was like I rode this Batman ride that was like it was like a probably about a two hour wait. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. You mean you can even the lamest rides you can queue for quite some time, can't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially depending when you go. If you go during a busy time of year, yeah. Fuck yeah, you can. Um, so this is in real time. I've just found out that my school has won the uh, teaching award school of the year. We've just we've just won like the best, the equivalent of the uh, the best picture Oscar. Oh, congratulations! You worked mm, hard yeah, for that, I'm it's... sure. 
Yeah, I'm not sure how much I had to do with it. Uh, my husband's just just text what the fuck and the emoji with the little girl shrugging. <laughs> that's how we feel about that. But hey, my score is one there. Uh, my score is one score of the year, so that's pretty. That's pretty Congratulations. good. Congratulations. Yeah, thank Lucky you. Lucky kids. Mm. Um, Continue. So Sorry. Bill is like confused as to why they're calling him mental, and he he says, "Why is enjoying things mental?" and Jay just says, of course, this place is full of muff and you're only interested in roller coasters. And Will says, girls are everywhere, Jay, but the best rides in the co- in the country are only here. And Neil tells Will that he sounds like he's 40, which I agree with. And Will says, well, I'm queuing and I'm getting in a separate queue for the front four seats. The front's the best. Uh, yeah. Then the voice comes over the loudspeaker that says the ride is now closing. This is the last opportunity for them to get in the queue. So Will says, Simon, are you coming? And Simon says, he obviously wants to come, but he's hesitating. And he says, are you sure your sister's boyfriend will be working tonight, Neil? And Neil says, yeah, yeah, I told you, he always works nights. And Will says, well, that's sorted. Can we just get on the ride, please? <laughs> and they go to get in the queue. And J.H. tries um, to call shotgun for the outside seat, and Will tells him, no, you can't shotgun this, and Jay says, well, I just did. Yeah. Um, we then see them, we throw to them at the front of the queue for the roller coaster, um, and Will is talking about the roller coaster emphatically, saying, you know, this is one of the only two versions of this roller coaster outside the U.S., and I promise, although it's taken a bit longer, and Jay says, half a fucking hour longer... He says, although it's taken a bit longer to queue for the front, it is going to be worth it. This is going to be unencumbered frills. And we can come back all year, thanks to Neil. And he <laughs> leads the boys up to the front, but then the worker is like, oh, we've only got room for one. And Will is not fucking happy about this at all, period, end of discussion. He's like, no, fuck you. These people are cutting. We've been waiting in line. And the guy... You know, you can tell Will is getting dangerously close to getting thrown out of the park. Yeah, um, he has, he's lost his temper. It's the most we probably ever see Will properly lose his temper. Like, he loses his temper in the pub in the first episode, but this is, like, how Will kind of loses it, isn't it? With this, like, incredulousness. Yeah, yeah, he's really, really fucking upset. And the boys just kind of end up, like, kind of calming him down and telling him, like, dude, just chillax. Like, it's okay you know, shit happens, like, just go ride the ride, and Will finally calms down enough, is like, okay. And as he walks to the front, he just says, inconsiderate assholes. And then we see that the reason three people have pushed into the front seat is because they are three people with special needs, and Will feels like a real asshole. Yeah, he, uh, he just gets on, says he's the, the worst human being in the world, um, and then we see the cut to the roller coaster with the, the people on it screaming. Yeah, and everybody is having fun except for Will. Will is not enjoying himself at all. No, he looks really sad. Yeah, did you notice a little production gaffe here too? No, what happened? Okay, so when the boys get into their seats, they get into seats. So basically, if you're looking from left to right and it's one, two, three, and four, they get in seats two, three, and four. When the roller coaster leaves, seat one, the one that's closest to the outside, is empty but when it shows the boys uh, when it shows simon and company like riding the roller coaster simon is sitting in that outside seat but then when the roller coaster gets back to the station it is uh that seat is once again empty oh mm. okay no i didn't notice yeah that. yeah well, well spotted eagle eyes I'm, I'm terrible at that sort of thing i never noticed gas. well uh 
That one, that one I noticed from IMDb. Right, okay. Um, we then see them after the roller coaster, and Will uh, says in his narration that when he looks back on his life, he's pretty sure that the ride will be a low point, but with a bit of luck, the others wouldn't find out who I'd insulted. <laughs> and then Jay say, sees the uh, disabled people that were at the front, and they all start, they all say, oh my God, and they all start making fun of him. And then Simon uh, says, this is the best, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, Will is just kind of trying to like, oh, please don't. But Simon, Jay, and Neil just keep kind of giving him the the business. Yeah, um, we then cut to the the car park, and Will says in his narration that finally he got to ride the Nemesis, which wasn't as much fun as he'd hoped. It would be a long journey home, made longer by Simon carrying the door and my heavy sense of shame. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jay is saying, well, it can't be too hard to find. It's the color of my nan's piss. And Neil's like, why are you watching your nan piss? <laughs> and Simon is just, he's still just thinking about the door. And he's like, oh, Christ, what am I going to say to my parents? What am I going to say to my parents? And um, Jay is like, oh, stop shitting yourself. Neil said his sister's boyfriend will be able to fix it. And at this point, Neil says, oh, Oh, fix that? No, 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 he won't. Um, and Simon says, like, what, you said he'd be able to fix it? No problem. You said he worked in a garage. And Neil says, yeah, he does. He works in the BP garage. He mucks about with cars, but he won't be able to fix that in a million years. The doors come off. Yeah, I love how uh, I love how Neil is just like, Jesus, you fucking idiots. Yeah, the doors come <laughs> off. Like, he won't be able to fix that. What the fuck? Like, what are you talking yeah, about? Um, <laughs> Simon says, this is a disaster. My dad's going to go mad. And Jay says, it'll be fine. We'll find someone else to fix it. I know a bloke who builds Formula One cars. He owes me a favour. And Simon says, I really don't think your make-believe friend is going to be able to fix this. Um, and Will says that surely they'll be able to find a proper mechanic. It can't be too hard. I'm, and uh, I kind of hope that eventually, at some point in time, we meet Jay's friend who's like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fucking uh, <laughs> a Formula One mechanic. Yeah, and they're, they're like, oh, shit, he was telling well, the truth. Well, like, spoilers ahead, there is, a, there is a moment at which we find out that Jay has actually got... He does actually know someone who has done something, and it's not a fantasy, but unfortunately, he's not a Formula One driver. <laughs> uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. Mm. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Simon says, as long as it's fixed as good as new and his parents don't know, that's all he cares about. Uh, and they get to the car, and they see it has been absolutely just vandalized beyond sense it's absolutely fucked yeah totally totally fucked like beyond any sort of repair like this vehicle is not drivable yeah Yeah. um simon says what the fuck's happened and will says at least they left left a tape deck (laughs) and uh simon says i can't believe this like how am i going to explain this to my dad and just then, um, a horn hogs, and we see that the, the car full of disabled people have been the ones that vandalized the car. <laughs> Which I always I always wondered, or I guess I shouldn't say always, because it would imply that I'd seen this episode before, but uh, I was wondering, like, how would they have known which vehicle was his? Yeah, it is a bit, it does stretch kind of, like, credibility a little bit that they would have known, but it's, they obviously found out somehow, so we'll give them it. Yeah. Maybe it was. Maybe they saw the um, the the door, and they were just looking for a vehicle that was sans a door. That's what I think. Yeah, maybe they were looking because it's pretty. It's a pretty bright color, so you probably would be able to like put put the 
the pieces together to work it out. Yeah. So I think that that's, uh, we'll just say that that's how they found the car. Um, yeah. Simon just basically kind of bites the bullet and says, okay, I'm going to call my dad. And we get kind of the ending narration from Will. And he says, it's true. Girls do like cars. They just don't like shitty yellow cars that ruin funerals and don't have all the doors that they were made with. Girls are also less keen on boys who wear Speedos, borderline sex pests, and people who insult the disabled. But it's not all bad. What we learned is that there isn't a car on the planet that can make us cool, whatever state it was in. And then we hear poor Simon. He says, Dad, what I need you to know is it wasn't my fault. I'm sorry, but it wasn't my fault. <laughs> and then we get the closing um, music and episode over. A great episode. Um, I went to Thought Park in the summer with, on a school trip. On I think I talked about it at the time. Maybe the worst school trip I've ever been to. I do remember it you saying that. At, yeah, it was school day at Thought Park and there must have been... 5,000, maybe 10, I don't know, I don't know, wouldn't like to say the numbers, but thousands upon thousands of children, like, it was just awful, there were, everywhere you looked, there were 14 year olds, and um, and we had an absolute, we had murder getting out of the car park, because obviously we were on a coach, and the, you know, the coach takes longer to get out, but we amused ourselves during the, trying to get out by saying, oh, that must be where simon's car was and generally talking about the in-betweeners oh that's awesome yeah i I really like this episode i would say that this is of the three this is probably my favorite so i'm rating this one one the um first day is number two and then bunk off is number three yeah i would say that you are correct in your your rating currently of them um yeah this is a great episode it's really funny and um and kind of sets up stuff to come with the car because they do continue to have fun with the car. Yeah, it seems great. Like I'm really, it really seems like that the car is going to be kind of become like another member of the team. Yeah, definitely does. It's um, the car causes a lot of laughs as, as time goes on. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, I know that we talked about some stuff that we were watching yesterday. But I actually do have another podcast recommendation that I wanted to wait for something a little closer to Halloween. Um, Okay, go on. So back in 2015, there was kind of this huge, um, there was a bunch of like these radio drama podcasts that were kind of coming out based off of the success of Welcome to Night Vale. And they're, yeah, you recommended work, Welcome to Night Vale to me, and I like Yeah, yeah, Welcome to Night Vale is great. Um, but there is one that is called Limetown, and it was, it's six episodes. It's, each episode is about like 30 to 35 minutes, and it's a, kind of a radio drama about a, um, like a town that was built as a science research station right. in kind of the Appalachians in America. And several months after it was built, all 300 some odd people that were living there just disappeared. And it's the story about uh, a news reporter. Her name is Leah Haddock. And she is investigating into Limetown to see if she can find out like where the people went. And it's really, really, really fucking good. Um, Oh, okay. That sounds like a good recommendation. I'm going to... How many episodes are there? There's six episodes. They have not released a new episode since 2015, but 
the reason that I am recommending it now is because Limetown Season 2 starts on Halloween. Ah, uh, okay. There's also a book, like a prequel book that is coming out. And apparently they are in talks for like a mini series on Netflix or something like that based off of Limetown. Oh, really? Oh, wow. That'd be cool. Yeah, so... I, um, I do like a spooky thing around Halloween. Or yeah. Actually, so traditionally here... The spooky stuff was like a Christmas thing, like a, a sort of a, a, a scary story for Christmas. But this time of year in general, I like a spooky story. Yeah, and it's really good. Um, like the third episode in particular is probably my favorite. It's where you kind of where you start to really find out more about the town itself and like the scientific procedures that were going on there. But the third episode is really, really good. Um, and then the last episode is fucking incredible. Like it is a really, really good podcast. I really recommend it. So mm, if you're, okay, yeah, I'm going to search that out. Yeah. If you're looking for something to listen to, that's a really quick and easy listen. It, like I said, it's literally six episodes. Each episode is about 25 to 35 minutes. And, um, yeah, it's really, really good. If you don't like it after the third episode you can safely quit listening to it because it the third episode to me is like i said the best um so if you're not really feeling it after the third one you can just stop listening to it but i uh between now and halloween i'm gonna re-listen to the whole thing um and i'm probably just gonna do like one episode a day from now from starting from wednesday and going to halloween so i'm pretty mm. excited about the return of limetown good i'm definitely gonna look for that then that sounds right up my alley and it's yeah like i said it's 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 <laughs> a little more science fictiony so it's not like supernatural or anything it's like sci-fi but it's mm. really really good radio drama it's podcasts like that to just show me how like multifaceted podcasts are like you have podcasts where people talk about tv shows like ours there's like a podcast i listen to where they review the bible you know there's radio dramas like it, it, there's so many podcasts out there that just you know where they just talk about everything and it's 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 incredible to me i really feel like with podcasting so i was like a casual podcast listener and then obviously i listened to your podcast and got involved with this and i feel like, like a whole world of podcasts has opened up to me and i completely agree with you because I listen to such like so many diverse podcasts about different things, and like at the moment, I've been listening to the the back catalogue of the um, the BBC podcast "You, Me, and the Big C," where the um, they talk about it's three women who have suffered from cancer, and sadly, last month um, the the host of it died, and I've been listening to the like the back catalogue of that, and they just like a tribute to her and talking about her work, and obviously that's really touching, and that's doing really like that's doing really important work about talking about cancer and getting out in the open. But then, like you say, there are, there are dramas, people, you know, put together dramas. And I feel like it's like almost a whole world that a lot of people don't know about. And sometimes I talk to people about podcasts and people have got no idea. They never listen to podcasts. And it's like, you, like, it's a whole world of stuff out there. Mm -hmm. Completely yeah. free, you know, like, yeah. it's such a, it's such a leveler. I think it's just such a great way for people to get their message out there and to communicate and, yeah and it yeah it's 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 amazing and i i can't help but think that in the future like podcasting is going to be it's going to be much more mainstream and it's going to be it's going to have a much larger larger audience like when people cotton on to what there is out there mm -hmm. yeah i i agree wholeheartedly um mm -hmm. 
oh, I had something I was going to say and I, yeah, I can't remember what it was, but, uh, yeah, uh, go ahead and give Limetown a listen to, let me know if you, if you like it, let me know. Cause I will be more than happy to talk about it. Cause I love it. Um, I'm really, really excited for, uh, the new season of Limetown to come out. So we're doing some driving this week, so we can, we can put it on when we drive. That'll be good. Uh, are the girls uh, going to be in the car with you? They always have their headphones on. Ah, okay. Their inane shit. So that's when me and Phil listen to our grown-up stuff. Ah, okay. I was going to say, because this is not... It's not, like, profane or anything, but uh, there's some kind of some dark stuff that happens. Mm, it's a bit scary, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, it's a bit scary. Occasionally, I've listened to things, and then while I've been, like, in the house or cooking or whatever... Sadie will be like, what are you listening to? And it's like, oh, I was just listening to a book about Jack the Ripper. I probably shouldn't while my <laughs> four-year-old is here. <laughs> um, change of tone, but I wanted to talk about the This Country uh, one-off oh, special that came out. Because yeah, we fuck yeah. We can talk about and, that for sure. Yeah, and me and this inspired me and Phil to watch both series. Last week, we were both feeling pretty fed up. We were both, both I was unwell, Phil was a bit under the weather and uh we were pretty fed up with work and we were like oh this country one-off was amazing let's watch them all and we watched them all again and then we watched the special again and it was just it was brilliant it was so funny oh my god it was so good it was really really funny uh i really enjoyed it just everything about it was just so funny um uh carrie going to meet like the biker guy um Curtin, you know, talking about losing his job, but, you know, framing it in such a way that it was like, you know, uh, they just laid him off because they couldn't afford a new person. I just, it, I really enjoyed it. And the vicar, I feel like the vicar really stole the show for me. The vicar is, is like, I think they've kind of realized like how great the actor is and they're sort of using that, they're using his comic timing so fabulously the more it goes on. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we both said, didn't we, that within like the first two minutes, I was laughing so much I couldn't breathe. Like we had to, we had to pause it. We were laughing so much. I, at the... I can't. Ah, oh, god damn it! I can't remember exactly what happens right at the start, but I just, I was just remember I was like, I had to pause it because I was just laughing so fucking hard. It was so good. The only thing that I was sad about was I missed Martin because Ma- Martin is my favorite character, even though he's like pure evil. I love him so much. He's so brilliant. And I was sad not to see, we see Martin briefly at the beginning on the <laughs> TV, don't we? But then he does not in it anymore. Yeah. I just, man, it was, it was really good. It was <laughs> totally unexpected too like was this something that just came out of nowhere or was there advertising for this no there there really wasn't i don't know if i was just like uh, had my head in my ass and wasn't taking any notice but it was that um a friend of ours at work said oh my god like i've just looked on this was literally on like a wednesday afternoon and he was on iplayer at work and he was like i've just seen there's like a new this country did you know anything about it and we didn't and then i've got a few friends that watch it and i texted him and was like this country is a new this country but no one seemed to know anything about it so it was such a nice surprise and it was an hour long which was awesome too yeah it was great to see a slightly longer this country and to see what they did with that um but i'm really looking forward to i know they've they've commissioned a series three and they've said that's the last they're going to do of it but i'm not only looking forward to that but i'm really looking forward to i think that daisy um cooper is 
she's obviously an extraordinary comedy writer and I'm really looking forward to what she does next. Like, I think I think she's probably got a lot more up her sleeve. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, she's fantastic. I mean, her and Curtin both are just amazing. Yeah, um, well, Phil's favorite character is Slugs. He's always happy to see Slugs. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was great to see the return of Slugs. I loved when uh, Slugs was, uh, like, when Slugs and Curtin were working out together. I thought that was so <laughs> yeah. funny. In the gym that was his garden. Yeah. <laughs> Forgotten about that. That was brilliant. I also was kind of wondering if maybe Slugs had been the person that took um, Curtin's job from him. Oh, that would have been great. That would have been great to see that. Yeah, I was really hoping that it was going to be like, uh, you know, that the, that Curtin and Slugs had kind of become friends with each other. And then, you know, uh, Curtin goes to his old job and he sees Slugs there. And yeah. I would have loved for that to have kind of like kicked in the um, rivalry again. Yeah, the rivalry between them is is brilliant, and I kind of want to know more about it. Like, I want to know how it's um how it happened to start with. Do you know what I mean? Like, what have they always been rivals? Were they at school together? I feel like they've just always been rivals. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, I really, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was super funny, and it was great. I came out of nowhere, and I was super happy about it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, anyways, that is, well, I think that's everything for today. Um, yeah. Glad that we are up to speed and we are working hard. We appreciate all the people that are listening to it. Again, please, 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 if you could go onto iTunes and just review us on iTunes, um, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, Um and this afternoon, actually, I've, I've procured a, a copy of the scripts for The Inbetweeners, one for myself, but also one for someone out there. If you go on our Twitter or our Facebook, if you share the status about the uh, scripts, then you will be in with the chance of winning it. Um, I will send it to a random person on uh, next Monday. So Sunday the 28th, if you do it by midnight on Sunday the 28th, I will pick a winner with my randomizer on the Monday and I will post it out to you. Yeah. And that's awesome. The peep show script book is freaking cool. And this one also apparently has some sort of like behind the scenes stuff as well. That's yeah. Awesome. I know it's, um, I know that you getting a copy is going to be expensive. So I will scan the, oh, the Easter eggy bits for you. That, that $821 one was a hardcover. The <laughs> paperback is like $4. So, Oh, okay. All right. You can get a copy then. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what the, what the kind of like extra stuff in there is yeah yeah me too it's it, i'm excited so i'm i as corny as it sounds i am super enjoying this journey so far so, uh, so American. it's been really really <laughs> enjoyable yeah no it's been great i'm enjoying myself well laura that's everything so have a good afternoon all you bus wankers out there yeah yeah goodbye bus wankers and we will see you next week see you next week bye bye